Episode 236, Love Languages Reprise. This is the Ericast for the week of January 12, 2014. From Ericast.com. Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. All right, thanks for listening. To the Ericast, I'm your host, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742, listener feedback line, etc. You'll notice that odd pause in the intro if you're a long-time Ericast listener. Um, that's because we, we have a timing issue that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention momentarily. Um, if you're not a long-time listener to the Ericaster, if you, I see I am the Ericaster because I'm doing the Ericast. So if you're not a long-time listener to the Ericast, there we go. Some people would edit that, but for me, it's all about authenticity and integrity. Now, you don't want authenticity if you don't have integrity because that's not going to go well for you, but hopefully I've got both. If you're not a long-time listener, you're going to want to know that the Aircast is what we're calling a personal podcast. We, the majestic we. A personal podcast because you're either here because you know me, Eric Larson, 206-339-3742. Call in and tell me what you think. And you want to know more about what's on my mind or what I'm doing. Or you're here because of a particular topic. This week it might be the Love Languages talk that I gave. And you might stick around. If not, that's okay. But if... If you want to stay subscribed and keep listening, the <laughs> the world of the Aircast will get far more random. So we are in a quirky calendar thing because since 2005, the Aircast has it was supposed to come out on a Sunday, but it was always designed to be weekly, and it's you know for the week of such and such. And so if I don't get it recorded on Sunday, which is pretty typical, things end up kind of backdated. You know, it's for for the week of whatever, and that week is usually like a uh, recap from what's going on in life. Well, in this case, this is being recorded the morning of January 18, 2014. Yesterday, Friday, January 17, 2014, was a uh, local higher-ed technology conference called GUSTE. I'll talk about that in a moment. And I really want to get this out for any participants uh, in the, the session that I gave or anyone who couldn't make it and wanted to listen to it. So I want to get this out in the, in the feed. It would make more sense to wait till tomorrow, date it for tomorrow, and everything's in the future. But instead... For the week of January 12, 2014, the official Aircast date stamp, it's this odd prophetic, here's what I do in the future, but it's really not. Does that make sense? No, that's okay. So without too much further ado, um, though I will just give you the context that here in Minnesota, we've been bouncing back and forth between, you know, warm weather and, and frigid cold polar vortex weather um, with the occasional snow thrown in. So I just got in from snow blowing, not just the driveway, but yes, indeed, I did the make the circle in the yard, make the big pile of snow in the center thing. So I'm a little bit giddy in that exhausted, tired, stretched in a few too many weird directions way. So forgive me for the um, <laughs> less focused than usual introduction here, but I want to give you the full context. Yesterday, I had the privilege of speaking at um, Gus Day. It's a, like, this has been like 15 years, close close to it, um, IT technology conference among um, the private colleges here in Minnesota. Um, and yeah, actually quite a stretch. I mean, we had, we had folks come down from Duluth, so it's, um, uh, and a 
couple from Iowa or South Dakota, so it's it's becoming regional, but it's a one day thing. Um, you know, four sessions, you know, several tracks, really kind of cool. Um, started at a, a college called Gustavus Adolphus College. You can look up Gustavus Adolphus. That was a person. Um, and so Gustavus User Services is Gus. It's kind of the sort of recursive pun thing, sort of cool. Uh, and in honor of them kicking this off, and now it rotates among different institutions. My own hosted it last year. Um, this year it was just down the street. Um, we still call it Gus Day. So I had the opportunity to speak at Gus Day. All of my entire world is captured and summarized at emlarson.com. So if you poke around ericast.com, you will eventually make that connection and realize, oh, this guy is more than just a podcast. So this link will be in the show notes. If you go to emlarson, L-A-R-S-O-N.com slash gusday, G-U-S-D-A-Y, you'll find my slide deck from this year along with, um, and by the time you hear this, you'll also find a link to this very episode. Don't click that because it'll just be the same thing you've just heard. But you'll find the slide deck and things because you have to understand I'm walking folks through a, a PowerPoint presentation. And I'm not going to tell you anything about what it is because that's the purpose of the, the rest of this recording. Um, I will warn you, and I'll repeat that when you get to the end, it does end sort of abruptly because the way it's set up is... Um, I give the presentation and then there's a time for discussion and people can um, can kind of process in tables um, how they relate and what they've seen in their workplace. I leave all that out because it's just several minutes of silence and then several minutes of people's reflections that you can't hear and my responses, which are completely out of context. So you're only kind of getting half the presentation, um, but at least it's, at least it's the deck at emlarson.com slash gusday and then what I said about that. Uh, yes, you will find that my presentation style is as um, rapid fire and and scattered, and occasionally rambling as as the podcast. Authenticity again. Um, yeah, if I wanted to work really hard, I could probably change that. But I'm wonder I wonder if it would. Hmm. Let me know if you think. Yeah, that you are not charming, Eric. You are distracting. I can handle it, even though I'm a words of affirmation person. Um, or let me know if you like the the random scattered persona. Um, and you're thinking, wait, a words of affirmation person, what does that mean? Well, you're about to find out right now. All right. I think we are just about set to start. I sense a hush of eager anticipation. So I'm going to begin. Um, welcome. Hopefully you're here for the session. How do they see or hear or feel that you care? I am Eric Larson. Said presenter, uh, the entire slide deck uh, is at emlarson.com slash gusday. So I will not take offense. I kind of take that whole mini bar philosophy of uh, vote with your feet. If you need to engage someplace else or whatever, there are other good sessions. I will not take it personally. Uh, and you can get the deck there. Um, I'm recording it. So assuming that my little recorder works, I'll throw that up there in a couple days. Um, and you'll have a recording of that. Send, send your friends. Tell your family, etc. Uh, so what is this? Hopefully you read the description so you have some sort of a, a clue. Um, it is not an exhaustive review of good, solid psychology literature. Um, we are just going to talk about a simple framework that I think you, if you work with people in any way, shape, or form, you are a manager, you have a manager, you have clients, whatever it might be, I think that this could this could be useful to you because it helps explain, at least it does in my world, um, why different people react so differently to the same good things. You do the same thing, the same people in the same circumstances, and some say, wow, that's brilliant and changed my life, and other people are kind of, eh, why is that? Well, maybe, 
maybe it's explained by by this. Um, I also want to point out, notice what's missing from the title. Because an easier and less long and awkward title would be, how do they know that you care? But this is not a knowledge thing. This is a this is a feeling and resonance thing, which um, I come from the world of client services, uh, that's it's all it's all about feelings. I won't sing, but just get the song going. It really is a it is a feeling or a sensing sort of thing. Uh, we will have some time to chat later. I recall from earlier this morning that I expect you to be active, so um, we'll have a chance to kind of discuss that. Uh, why are we talking about such a touchy-feely topic? Well, I think we're all in some sort of customer service position. And even if you think, no, I'm just a server admin. Well, you're not just a server admin because you're keeping things running. But more importantly, you're still working with other people. So there is there is customer service to everything that we do. And we probably... Unless you need to be looking for a different job, you probably do care about your customers. You want to engage with them. You want them to, to feel good about what they're experiencing, etc. It is frustrating when we do nice things and they do not appreciate us. That just that if you're like I am, that's a little annoying. Uh, it's also bad customer service. If your people don't feel that you're helping them, um, then no matter what kind of work you do, it, there's, there's going to be a miss there someplace. That's sort of that's sort of a problem. So we are going to look at this from the framework of the five love languages. Uh, it's a book by Dr. Gary Chapman. I have no tie to Gary Chapman. I get no kickback. Cousin Gary and I hardly ever speak. No, I mean, there's no no relation. There, I, it, I encountered this back in the 90s and thought, wow, that's really interesting. And then the more customer service and management work I did, the more I realized, hey, that could apply to things outside of personal relationships and stuff. If, however, you're about to break out in hives at the mention of the word love, that's just, you know, this is IT we don't love. Um, just plug in caring or appreciation language or, or, or something like that. But that's that's what the book title is. Uh, and this is in that kind of that, that Gus Day reprise, 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 review, look back. Uh, I last gave this presentation in 2008. I'm thinking, well, okay, what has changed since, since 2008? Um, well, for one thing, I loaned up my book and I never got it back. So I, I went to Barnes & Noble just down the street because uh, Half Price Books was out. It's a popular book still. That's great. Um, bought a new book. But when I went to buy the book, that's what the shelf looked like. That literally, as of Wednesday morning, is the, the Love Languages shelf. It, by the way, for some reason, is not in psychology, not in self-help, not in religion, not in Christianity, because that's his background, but in Christian life. So you do have to go to that section. I didn't even know Barnes & Noble had that section. Uh, but that's where you find the book. Um, I think it would be very useful regardless of your faith background. It happens to be his, so that's where they stuck it. And in the Christian life section, it looks like that. And you have the Five Love Languages Men's Edition, Five Love Languages for Teens, Five Love Languages for Kids, all sorts of Love Languages books. Hmm. Then I started looking at my exact copy. And I noticed something really interesting in the other books by Dr. Gary Chapman. If your eyes are really good, you might spot it. I'll help you out there, right in the middle. In 2008, I said, someone really ought to write a book about looking at this in a workplace context. And it turns out in 2011, he wrote the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And it turns out that there's this huge love languages in the workplace empire. Um, Website and everything, you can all find that. If only. Uh, if only if only I'd known, and that, that could be me. Probably not, because I said at the time he should do it, and he did it. So rather than saying the end, have a good afternoon, we will, we will continue through, because there are a couple things that, that I, I think we could dig in deeper than he does in that book. I skimmed through it. Um, but if you really like this and you, uh, you don't want to do the hard work I did of trying to translate this into work, 
place world. Um, it's been done for you. Available at Amazon for 11 or 12 bucks. So what are the five love languages? Five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. We are going to walk through each of those and explain them in a workplace context. Um, he says there are only five. You can sum everything up in the world. There are only two kinds of people in the world. Those who think the world are two kinds of people and those who don't. It's that kind of thing where he says, that was a joke, that's okay. Um, at, there are only five love languages and everything that you can think of. What about whatever? He would argue they fit into one of those. Maybe with a little twist or a nuance, um, but that's what they are. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation seems pretty straightforward. It is always safe to affirm somebody and say, you know, kind, affirming things, right? Well, true, but you have to be sincere. And those of us, because I'm a words of affirmation guy, who are attuned to this language, can tell when you're not being sincere. So engage with whatever the person is, is dealing with, wherever they're at. Saying things like, hey, you know that thing that you were doing? Um, I bet it went great. It is not going to help a words of affirmation person. If you are a manager, do not do that to your people. Um, they need some, some sort of... need to tie it into something they're actually working with so that we know you 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 really care, that you're really listening, that you really are paying attention to the fact that I did this special thing or not on my way to do whatever. Um, super crucial. Super crucial. Otherwise, you just annoy us and we, we um, say just don't say anything at all. Quality time. Okay? We've heard that term a lot. This isn't just standing around in the same room. We are not having quality time right now, really, because we're not... I mean, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. But you're just all sitting at tables and stuff. We're in the same space, but this is that personal, connected, one-on-one type time. Okay? Um, in customer service world, we deal with lots of people. Sales guys in the room, you guys deal with lots of people. Try to try to get the cues from the people you're meeting with. When someone says, hey, can, can you come over and talk talk with me about this issue in Moodle. Well, do they just figure that's going to be the most efficient things? They don't want to sit in the phone queue or whatever. Just come on over and I've got, you know, chat and show you this thing on my screen. Or are they are they looking to, to connect, to bond in that kind of quality time thing? So, receiving gifts, the third of the five love languages. Some people love gifts. Some people really don't care all that much about gifts. Yeah, all right. Um, gifts are a nice thing. Most people aren't offended by getting a gift, I suppose. But if you're a gifts person and you think that a gift is a sufficient thing to give somebody, because that's you'd really appreciate that, there you go, um, and the person you're giving the gift to is not a gifts person, then all of a sudden you went out of your way to shop for this special thing and put all this effort into it and just give it to them without spending time with them, without affirming them, whatever you could have this problem. Why don't they appreciate it? Well, it's not that they don't appreciate it, but you weren't speaking their love language. Um, I would also, as an aside, point out that there is a distinction between gifts and a commodity exchange. So when I go to one of our very friendly vendors in the back um, and I would like a pen or flash drive or whatever, and they say, sure, just give me your email address, that is not a gift. Love you guys. That's not a gift because I am giving something in return to get. I am giving something of value to me, my email address or phone number, in exchange for receiving a plastic pen. That is, you know, if you're just standing here and they say, hey, 
Hi, have a pen. Now we're at least in the gift world because you're not in that exchange world. So do remember that giving something to somebody in return for something they did, that's not exactly what, a, what an actual gift is. Does that make sense? All right. Um, remember that gifts in a workplace context can be a very simple thing. If you're running a team meeting, buy donuts for your folks if that's an appropriate thing in your environment. Um, not as a, I'm going to buy you donuts so that you get this project done or, you know, whatever. Again, now we're into the commodity exchange world. But just, you know what? I decided to buy some donuts. That, for gifts people, they would really love that. They might really, really love that. You never know what people are going to do. You know, donuts, hey, that can be something special. So acts of service. This is the one that's going to make the most sense because all of us are in some sort of service-related world. We're doing our jobs because we like to help people. That's acts of service. And you think, yeah, that's got to, got to be it, right? Um, but it might not be our core love languages. And then you might think, well, Eric, that's great, but everybody loves having stuff done for them. So I mean, you're not going to spend any time on this slide, are you? Well, you know, if you've got a boss that micromanages you because she keeps stepping in and doing things that are supposed to be your job, that's an act of service. You should love it, right? Well, but... You see that not everybody speaks in terms of of doing. So, sort of an interesting concern. I am wondering, well, faculty happens a lot, where you go to meet with someone and you end up, why am I sitting here watching you walk through this? Can't I just reach in and take... Saturday Night Live, move, can I just take the mouse and do it for you? Um, that would be serving you, right? Well, no, it's really not, because it's about more than just that. So, I've got a question here, not to put you on the spot, but who wants to volunteer as an acts of service? Show of hands, who thinks they're an active service person? No one here is here, all in the wrong job. Okay, great, I see that hand. Um, who here is a gifts person? Okay. You, sir, my acts of service person, starting with yourself because you're a gifts person, can you hand those out? And start with her because she was the only brave person to raise her hand as a gifts person. So thank you. My gift to you, my gift to you is a little card that lists the five love languages on this. So you can, you can take, you can take these. Now know this, I could just have a pile and say, yeah, if you want one, grab one. And there's nothing wrong with that, and you would still get the card. But as an act of service, our, our gentleman here, by the way, what was your name? Mike. Mike. So Mike, as an act of service, is helping me, which I very much appreciate, by presenting you gift-wise. And many of you are not going to care. So you're going to think, wow, that's really cool. So see how that kind of works out? All right. Thank you. Um, physical touch, the last of the love languages. This is the part that Dr. Chapman in his new book basically just brushes over, but I think we're going to dig in a little bit, a little bit deeper on this one. Um, you can be friendly with someone. Physical touch in a workplace environment, you always get concerned. And what fascinates me is every time I bring up this slide, everybody universally has the same reaction to that picture, which is, you know, so yeah, you're, you're intuitively picking up that there is there can be there are places where physical touch is not appropriate, and you know what's it's just two people they're working on a project, and you're like, no, Eric, come on, is it, well, what's what is it? Yes, Dr. Chapman's entire physical touch in the workplace thing basically says, yeah, just don't go there. HR will hate you. Um, 
But I think there's, I think there's more to that than, than that. Great. Thank you. Um, the other concern, of course, in technology is you can be too friendly with a thing. I'm not going to go there right now. It is a concern. Um, don't ignore cultural conventions because, you know, handshakes, they, they are important things. We still do that in this. Um, I'm amazed in hospitals they still do that. If you're there with someone who's going for surgery and they, you know, the doctors all shake hands like this, this spreads germs. You're about to slice into someone. Can we just wave from a distance? But it still is, there's, a, there's this human personal touch connection that some people really, really care about. So um, it's, it's important to, to remember that that really does resonate with some people. Um, you can also do it wrong. We had a server admin. Um, she did not like being punched in the arm by her old boss. She's, uh, she's happy that she's here where we don't punch at St. Thomas. Um, Here's where I go a little deeper. I think in the customer service world, the whole physical touch side of the love languages is more than just did you give someone a hug because their computer rebooted successfully after that Windows update. That might be worthwhile, but we are constantly dealing with people's personal space, with their physical environment. You're engaging with them in the offices. So I would carry this into the the extension of, of the person. Some of us have a bigger bubble, so since I'm not a physical touch guy, that you know maybe this is just me, and I say my myself and my office world is all. If you come near it, you're all you're kind of touching me. Um, but I think there's a lot there, and I think that being considerate to people's personal physical engagement, um, not just avoiding it and saying, okay, so Eric's lesson was just don't. Stay away from people. No, no, not at all. Sometimes engaging even more deeply. Now, here's what I'm thinking about. This gets really interesting as we talk more about uh, about online ed, your blended learning, your remote support stuff, where you no longer are physically present with people. So if you've got a quality time person who just spent half an hour on the phone with them walking through with the remote desktop to show them how to do something, it's going to be great. You know, I got fixed. Thanks for spending the time with me. If they're a physical touch person, does that carry over? Do they say, well, gee, it's almost like you being here. Have you ever heard that when you remote into someone's machine? If that's your role at your institution. If that's not your role, please don't do it. But if that's your role to remote into someone's machine and they and you you hear over the phone this, wow, I, I feel this connection. Um, I think there's something going on in that and I get concerned when we say, okay, let's do everything online, launch the online program, etc. Yeah, but how do you maintain that for the people who, who emotionally feel connected in that way and are never going to be sitting in the same room together. Look at us today. When's the last time any of us talked? I mean, for me and most of you, it was oh, about a year ago last Gus Day. We have all sorts of technology from telephone on up where we could have been in touch, but instead we all get together in a room in one space physically. Why? Because there's, some, there's something to that. There's, some, there's a special element to that. So I just might be a dissertation in it for one of you there, or, or a, a sequel to the book that's now been written on love languages. Anyway, that's my physical touch rant. So tip of the day, how do you actually do something with this? The reality is, assuming they care about someone, do not look to dysfunctional relationships as your guide. But assuming that if people care about each other, they do tend to follow the golden rule that they do unto others as they do to themselves. So they do tend to treat people the way that they like to be treated. So taking that, if you're not quite sure how to treat somebody, kind of watch and see what they do to the people around them. Again, assuming they like the people around them. You know, how does that faculty member treat his admin assistant? And assuming they have a good relationship, do you see them 
you know, hey, can you come down to my office? I have a question for you. And you're thinking, well, he could have just picked up the phone. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe there is some sort of quality time or physical touch thing going on. Just kind of observe that. Okay? If you don't have time to do that, we take what I call the Control-A approach for the techies in the crowd or the Command-A approach for the Mac techies in the crowd. And that is, if you don't know what someone's love language is, well, we have to be cold and analytical and figure it out and then chart it. A Gantt chart would help. No, no. What you do is you just try them all. Just kind of hit all the bases and see, see, if, see if you can find something that sticks. Once you find something that really does seem to resonate, then say, I'm going to focus on that during my next interaction with that person. All right. Take a few examples. Okay, We had a visiting speaker. With Mike Wesh, before Mike Wesh was really cool with the uh, Vision of Students Today thing, he was just some guy that did a video on YouTube. And so we said, hey, you want to drive up from Kansas or whatever and give us a talk? Like, that'd be cool. Um, so when he was at the hotel, it's like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll give you a lift over, which is an act of service. We drove him. We didn't say, find a bus. You're an adult. We said, yeah, we'll drive you over. Okay? We greeted him with, with wonderful, friendly, warm handshakes because might be a physical touch guy. We don't know. Uh, we gave him a little gift bag. It probably had a St. Thomas pen or mug or something in it in case he's a gifts guy. Right? Um, we had lunch with fellow faculty. Hey, come on in. We're going to talk. CIO's going to be there. We're going to have this, this, this conversation, spend this time in case he is a quality time guy. Um, and then, of course, we thanked him profusely because he was really cool and worthy of thanking, and he might be a words of affirmation guy. Okay? Blood donations. I am O negative, which means that I really have this moral obligation to give blood. So I do. When you go to give blood, depending on where you go, but my typical experience, um, they say, hey, while you're here draining, um, apologies if this is creeping anyone. I'll, I'll be done in just a minute. Um, you know, would you like a magazine to read or something? Because that is a very nice act of service. Because I'm hooked up here, I can't go get one myself. All right, they, you know, they gotta find a vein and poke and prod. I'm, I'm fascinated with how the phlebologists kind of have this. You know, sorry, I'm not trying to beat you up, and just you know, are very, very sensitive to the fact that they are physically assaulting you in any other venue. That's what it would be called. Um, in case that is a particular sensitivity, they want you to feel that you are attended to in that way. Um, I got a T-shirt once. I don't do it all that often, but that was kind of cool. In case you're a gifts person, you get the, the, the you know, t-shirt, granola bar at least. Um, they will converse with you in the canteen at the end where you're kind of, you know, in case you need to recover, make sure you don't pass out. Um, they don't just leave you, you know, sitting there, but they're very friendly in case you're a quality time person. Um, and of course, I get thanked profusely, which is helpful to me because I'm a words of affirmation guy. All right. Okay, one more. Computer replacement. We do that around St. Thomas. We're on a lease, so we replace them every three years, which is kind of an invasive thing. It's like we're coming in and we're doing your, doing your stuff. We move the files for the client. We don't just say, good luck, hope you have them. Um, that is an act of service, service to them. Um, we do very intentionally try to minimize messing with their space. In, in my view, that fits into that physical touch world of I have my environment, you're disturbing it, we want to be respectful of that. Um, I've been told we don't do this anymore. If I had my say, I would think we should go back and do it because not very many people cash it in and use it. But we used to give like a little gift card for a cup of coffee at the at our little local coffee shop you know, on campus. So it's an internal charge back and whatever. It doesn't really matter. But for the gifts people, it's like, thank you because you are really inconveniencing me for these 37 minutes. And so I very much appreciate that you are going to give me a cup of coffee. That is, I, that is great. Small cost and big gain for the people who are gifts people. Yes, most people are like, eh, whatever. But 
some people, that's, that's, that's big. We reassure them because the better we've gotten at this, the quicker we can do it. So we really do emphasize the, we're going to swoop in. You'll never know that we were there. You, you come back from class or something, and all of a sudden, poof, new computer isn't that great. Not if you're a quality time person that was saying, oh, you know, I was looking forward for the chance to catch up with you, and I had these couple questions that I never just call the tech desk to ask on because I'm waiting for you to show up personally, randomly, and I was going to ask you that. That does happen, not all the time, but does occasionally, and so we make sure that we reassure them, follow-up visits coming, and you can we can talk then. If they need to bond, they can bond, and most people say, no, that's good, it's all fine. But if they need that connection, it's offered there. Um, and we acknowledge the inconvenience. Originally, that's one other change since 2008, you say apologize for the, con- the inconvenience, and somebody said, you should really never apologize for doing your job. You know, your job is give them a new computer. They need a new computer. It's an institutional thing. You shouldn't have to apologize for that. Well, it's a subtle point, but I think it is a good one. Um, that, you know, it's an apology in the Minnesotan sense of, you know, hey, sorry it's inconvenient. Um, it wasn't really a groveling of this is this awful thing we've done to you. Um, but it's better phrased as acknowledging the inconvenience and and showing that you're doing good work. We appreciate that you're doing good work. We understand that you're of value to the institution. We've interrupted it. You know, sorry for that. Hope this is better for you. And that hits the words of affirmation thing. All right. So you might think, does everyone have just one language? Dr. Chapman would say, nope. Some people are multilingual. However, um, he would assert that there really is a primary love language. Um, I would add, and this goes into other fields of study, if you're a Myers-Briggs geek and the work of the MBTI, and there's a book called In the Grip, which talks about people reverting back to their, their secondary or tertiary skills under stress, um, I would just admonish you to look to yourself and the people around you in normal behavior, what's typically going on, um, particularly good or particularly stressful experiences. You might see other things. Um, back before Educause was Educause, the merger of Educom and Cause, uh, I went to uh, Educom in 97 here. It was in the, in the cities. Um, went to dinner with our vice president at the time and one of the speakers. At the end of this fascinating, Chris Liberg did a great guy, alive and well someplace. I have no idea why. You know where where he went to what off what he did, but at the end of the evening we all hugged. Okay, anyone who knows me, I do not hug. I don't. I hug my daughters. I love my wife. I rarely hug her. Why did I hug Chris Thiber? I So you would look at me in that evening. Our vice president probably thought, oh, he he is definitely a physical touch guy. No, it was just a particularly engaging experience with, you know, with, this, with this guy. He was going off to some other jobs and stuff. And it, was, it was great. Um, college video days, you know, uh, had a classmate who said, hey, I knew that you were working on this, this uh, project for this uh, campus TV show. I saw they were doing the PLWMA vigil and that you needed something for that, so I just shot some footage for you and you know, here you go. Very definitely a gift or an act of service, perhaps. If, you know, I'm a words of affirmation guy, what would have the, the correct thing for her to have done would have been to say, I know you can do it, Eric. You have no pictures for our TV show, but you're, you're competent, you'll do great. That would have been very affirming, but instead she gave me this gift of this footage, which I still remember to this day, almost 20 years later, 
So I call that out because there are some things that rather than undermining the entire framework and say, well, you don't have one love language, there isn't one primary one, uh, I just want to warn you, there might be some weird things that kind of fall outside of the norm, but you, you have a primary one. There's, there's a norm. So, here's the dark side of love languages. Scenario for you. Say that you've got a faculty member at your institution who really appreciates the student's interest in the course. He's doing great work. So, he spends extra time critiquing her paper and making little tweaks and saying, oh, you could have said, because that, he really appreciates that she is so invested in this material. And she is a words of affirmation person. What's going to happen? Short answer is bad things. Yeah, that's, that is not going to go well. Or your boss pops his or her head into your office and says, hey, I'm heading out for the day, but I know you worked really hard on that project, so here's a $25 gift card. Just wanted to say thanks. Off they go. Okay? And you are a quality time person. How do you feel? Affirmed? Your boss really care about you? Now your boss, being a gifts person, might be great. But if you're a quality time person, all of a sudden you have this unnecessary conflict with your boss because your boss really appreciates the work you did. What a mess, but it happens. Um, let's take a look at one more. Um, say you've got a faculty member that says, hey, can you come by and help me set up my discussion board in your LMS of choice? What language is that faculty member speaking? It's a good question. Because it's probably acts of service. Can you come help me? I'm looking for help. Unless it's quality time, because she's asked you to come by. Um, and it all depends on the interaction when you're there. If it really is a get in and, and get out and the job is done, probably an acts of, act of service. And if it's the, and while we're here, let's chat and how are things going and I'm working on this project or whatever, maybe a quality time thing. Sort of interesting. Um, what about that faculty member who calls you you're sitting in your office, the phone rings, and, and she says, hey, got that discussion board set up. It's working great. Really appreciate your help. What language is she speaking? Probably words of affirmation, unless it's a quality time thing and she's looking to reconnect with you and have that connection even though it's brokered by a phone. Okay. How about your charming presenter at your training session is giving you a USB thumb drive loaded with all the materials that are being presented. And I realized, by the way, you're not getting one. Um, that's kind of quaint for 2008. So in 2014, your presenter decides we are going to give you Google Glass headgear preloaded right on your retina with all of the... Yeah, you're not getting one of those either. But what would that be? Well, that is probably the gifts. Also an active service because it's preloaded. If it were just a win a Kindle Fire... Here's your Google Glass. Um, clearly, it's a gift thing. If it's preloaded, we've gone through the effort of doing something for you, it crosses into acts of service. So in the reality of art, and you're thinking, wait, you said there was one primary love language. Well, yeah, but in our world, we're dealing with things that sort of weave through multiple engagements. So um, it could be more than one, but there's something going on there. All right, I'll give you that. In fact, member grabs in the hallway and says, I got my podcast done. Okay. Probably quality time, 
unless he literally grabs you, then it might be physical touch. See how that works? All right. And now, back to the Ericast. All right, I I warned you that it was going to be a little bit abrupt, and it's a little bit abrupt because at that point in the presentation, we were a half hour in, we moved into discussion time. It was great. I'm really sorry you missed it. For those of you who were there, I thought it was great. I hope you did too, and I'm really glad you were there. So that that's a little slice of me. And if you got anything from that and want to share comments back, lots of ways to to get a hold of me. If you're part of the Gus Day crew, um, by all means, uh, some of the mailing lists or things, uh, tweet me, Facebook, whatever. Email me directly at my work address. That's all good. Um, the rest of you are welcome to do any of those things too, but probably the best way for any of you to, to engage in that is to leave a voice message at our listener feedback line, 206-339-3742. Very conveniently spells out 206-339-ERIC, E-R-I-C. Would love to hear back from you on that because then we have something to feed into the podcast, etc. It works out really well. But since I've kept you longer than most episodes go, I will close it out for this week. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.